Welcome to the Million Vegan Grandmothers podcast. And I am so happy to be back. And today I am so thrilled to introduce one of the Million Vegan Grandmothers, Liz Gary. And she has like the most fantastic book coming out, you know, about how to get our black belt in tofu. And she'll tell us more about that. It's going to launch this summer. So we're going to have a great big launch party. And before we started this podcast, Liz was sharing all the great ideas that she has, combining music with food and all the really neat ideas she has for food and teaching, and then maybe bringing an initiative of food healing and debating uh, the importance of whole food plant-based vegan nutrition in schools and teaching children. So thank you for being here, Liz. Oh, Tammy, thank you. It's so nice to be on the team that's making a difference right now. And we're stepping up to the plate where we need to in education to make sure that we're filling that gap so that students have access to information on plant-based foods and how our food choices impact their health and the environment and animals. It's a big job because they're not teaching it in school yet, but we're going to work on that, right? We're going to make some change here. And in the meantime, we're having fun by doing things here in San Diego, like um, the, the classes at the library, the public library. And um, anyone can do it. So shall I give them the secret formula and the recipe for starting a program in your community today? You start wherever you like, Liz. Let's hear about the program in our communities that we're all going to start after we hear this podcast. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, all grandmothers, get your grandkids and let's go to the library. You go to your local library and you take a look around and see what type of facilities they have available. Do they have a kitchen? Some do. Some have small kitchenettes. Some have kitchens. And then uh, they're joined to large community rooms that include tables and chairs and big screens. Um, and anyway, you can go to your library and talk to your librarian about starting a plant-based foods education program in that center and um, get to work on finding someone who's interested in teaching it and then start hosting some programs with your public library and bringing people together and teaching them a new way to think and a new way to eat. And it's all free for the community. The city of San Diego is sponsoring these programs. And then guess what? I have grocers and food product companies and everything sending us so much product that it's like the golden e-ticket to get into these classes. It's an extravaganza of food sampling and learning and um, working with tofu and veggies. My tofu book is um, going to be coming soon and I'm going to share recipes here. I have a demo kitchen I'll bring in studio here and show you some of my tofu butchery to start. I can take a block of tofu and turn it into everything from chicken to tuna to turkey to groundless or ground beefless grounds. Um, it's just really amazing. It's the most versatile food I've ever worked with. And do you know what? It's the, the low-hanging fruit of opportunities for change right now because soy is one of the largest crops in the world. And I know a lot of the crops, the majority are GMO, but the fields have been planted. If we could work to 
grow organic soy and then turn it into milk and meat instead of growing that GMO soy and feeding it to animals to turn it into milk and meat, we can just cut out the middleman and have it all again plant-based, just pretty much like that. But um, that's what my goal is with the book, is just to show the ease and the versatility you know, I had a career in traditional food and I actually worked for the California Egg Commission during the incredible edible egg campaign. And I went to schools all over Southern California telling kids to eat more eggs. But back in the 90s, I really didn't know where they came from. I went to culinary school. I knew how to cook them, but I didn't know how, I didn't really know where they came from. And I asked a few times, but I never saw the campaign ended. Anyway, I got out of working in food and went in education. And then I became a vegan later, but I'm telling my stories as a grandma now, going down a trail, just giving you the whole history. And we have a short amount of time, but I'm so thrilled with soy's role in the world today and its potential. It's what I call a chef's blank canvas. And I'm hoping to take my program to um, both culinary schools and um, just online to share with the community because if you know how to pick the tofu and you're confident about how it's made and its nutritional role and um, how it's valuable to the vast majority of people, some have food allergies, yes, but um, for the majority, it's pretty good stuff and it's amazing. Black belt and tofu, there's even an exam to go with it and culinary games and competitions. I've come up with lots of fun things, everything from holiday cookie bake-a-thons to the world record giant sub sandwich, you know, um, Guinness Book of World Records, the food category, vegan food category is kind of a wide open new opportunity. So you can attempt to do a marketing feat, world record breaking cake or sausage or sandwich or, you know, and, uh, have fun doing it. And I have done it a couple of times now and even won an award from PETA for the world's largest unofficial sub sandwich with Southwest High School where we hosted a vegan fashion show and food fair. And it was fun. So there's more of that to come. And it just takes a community. It takes going to the library. We're planning our vegan fashion show and food fair at the library in 2024. So let's all have a fashion show and a food fair and celebrate making healthy choices that will help nourish this generation and the world to come and to a better lifestyle that encompasses health and healing and wholeness, you know? Thank you for having me, Tammy. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, when you held your arms up with that beautiful fuchsia, gorgeous, piece of fashion that you have I was like who wouldn't want to be vegan if they could be like Liz I mean my goodness you are the role model of how we can grow older but not older biologically very quickly and better with age being vegan grandmothers right this is the new this is the new era of grandmothers right 
yeah, 60 is the new 40, maybe, right? And I guess what? I have a little surprise. I catered the, the appetizers and hors d'oeuvres for the Vegan Fashion Week runway production in LA. And I have a collection of recipes that I'll share sometime. Um, yes, I got to go backstage at Vegan Fashion Week and do the appetizers with some special designers. And I was fascinated. It's not only food, but it's in the it's your closet too. By replacing leather with things like pineapple skins or apple peels or interesting materials that look like leather, feel like leather, um, but they're plant based. So I went through all of my wardrobe, of course, as I turned vegan and weeded out all of those things that you don't even realize, um, you know, required the skin of an animal or um, and whatever the life of an animal, right? So you can have it all again in the kitchen and the closet too. So let's have a fashion show. <laughs> oh, you're so very contagious. This is so fun. Well, Liz, tell me about your, your journey into veganism and how you share that as a grandmother. Mm-hmm. Well, believe it or not, veganism was knocking like the door at the door of opportunity in my heart my whole life long in many interesting ways, but I didn't hear it and I turned away from it and I wasn't ready. I married a Seventh Day Adventist and I was in this church with these people that ate differently, but I had never heard the word vegan and um and I was interested in going to chef school, so it was really hard for me to get behind that, but I tried. And I went to a class and learned how to make a nut loaf. Or I remember I thought, oh my goodness, it's a gluten roast for Thanksgiving. Where's the turkey? And these were the early days, right? And I took a class, I remember, and I learned how to make a nut loaf and I baked it in the oven and before church one morning. And before we went to church, I closed the oven. I put foil on it because I was, we were bringing the family home and it was, I opened the oven door and I couldn't even believe it. It must've smelled so good. This was the most bizarre thing that ever happened. These flies came in the window and they got in the oven under the foil. I took the thing off and I was horrified. I was like, okay, I'm going back to cooking meat now. If I had gotten it back then, what if my roast had been a success? I probably would have been the CEO of Tofurky by now, right? <laughs> it was the opportunity was knocking, but the stars weren't aligning for me yet. So I had more lessons to learn and more life to live until... Um, I went through working the standard American diet. I consulted for chain restaurants. I helped develop the stuffed crust pizza. I went to McDonald's University in a limousine. I went to fancy food shows that I could write stories about. I went to business networking events on at cattle roundups in the middle of the desert where I met multi-mega chain restaurant owners that were and it was all meat money. And um, there was always a little something gnawing at me, though, saying there's something not right here. There's something different. There's something wrong until um, I decided to get out of the food business and went into education. I was really a, I was very much of an athlete. So I was running marathons and doing a lot of distance bike riding. And I was always leaning towards healthy, but darn those salads always had like blue cheese dressing on them or, you know, I had too much cheese and dairy and 
although I wasn't eating a lot of meat, um, I did get close to having high cholesterol eventually in my 40s. And my doctor said, if you don't do something about it, you're going to have to be put on statins or something. And I said, that's not so good. So, but it's natural because it runs in my family, right? My, my grandfather's died of heart attacks. My father had a heart attack. So it was just a family thing, I guess. But, um, but you know, uh, I had been working in education for 10 years because I had gotten out of the food business, had a really good time um, and very successful tour doing college recruiting and grant management and new program development. And so my son came home with a vegan girlfriend and um, asked if he could bring her to dinner. And I, um, I said, well... I don't know what to serve you. What do you want? A baked potato with salt on it? I mean, I was completely stumped and really kind of beside myself and not happy about it either. So I went online and I did some research and I read Alicia Silverstone's The Kind Diet and I saw the film Food Inc. all within about a two-week window of opportunity there. And by the second week, I went vegan overnight. I literally woke up in the morning and I said, I'm vegan now. And I called my son and I said, meet me at Jimbo's grocery store in Encinitas with your girlfriend, because we're going to go grocery shopping because I'm vegan now too. And they met me there. And we I can still remember going to the deli at Jimbo's and sampling the vegan pastries and all the different salads or specialty items. And I started dreaming about working in the food business again. Um, and about a year later, I ended up making that big leap into working as a vegan in the food industry. And it's been a, over a little decade. It's been over 10 years. And I'll tell you what, it's like being on the front lines of a food revolution at times because people have not been easy to work with all the time. But the gains and the rewards and the response from most people is so phenomenal. It's happening and people can go vegan overnight. And um, it's just, you have to keep sharing the message. And I can't believe it sometimes. I can't believe the people, not everyone's heard the message yet. When you look at the grocery store and they're buying a gallon of milk in front of you, it's like, haven't you heard yet? You know, but we can't, we haven't. So my... My thing is we, I really want to get into schools and I want people to ask our academic institutions to please add new curriculum in consumer education and foods and nutrition, because until we are really clear with students about what they're consuming um, and they, they deserve that. I can go into a classroom and talk about soy and tofu all day long. But if I go into a classroom and talk about artificial insemination and slaughterhouses and all that stuff, you won't be allowed to do that, right? You could be fired from your job for doing that. It's forbidden. You can't traumatize children with the truth. So they keep it, of course, hidden. And that's time, it's time for that to change. So some way or another, through debates or through outreach and through foods and education and through changes in our USDA dietary guidelines, which are in wheels of change or in motion now, then, you know, we got the Add Soy Act in Congress and people really working hard to make change. So it's on its way. And we just have to now figure out how we're going to scale up and accommodate everybody, right? We're going to be scaling up here. So um, it's great to be enjoying good food and good, 
camaraderie with people that really care to make a difference in the world. And that's, it's too easy of a solution, right? There are too many problems that can be solved right here, right now. So we know how to do it. Let's do it. Tammy, I'm so thrilled to be one of the grandmothers here and a million vegan grandmothers. And let's, you know, let's have a party and celebrate. Oh, that's great. You know, and there's, and in every party, at every party, there's so much food. And to, you know, people have said to me often, you know, I went vegan about 17 years ago for my health. A lot of people get in for their health and stay for all the other reasons. And, you know, as Dr. Will Tuttle says, it's very, it's very difficult to stay if you're only in it for your own health. But once you know, you can't not know. And then, it, of course, it's the simple solution. And people have said to me, what do you do, you know, when you go to other people's home, because I don't have any family members that are vegan. And I said, I always bring two dishes, great big salad and a dish with the recipes. And my food is always gone first. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. And the beautiful fresh greens and you know it's it tastes like love tastes like love as one of our grandmothers uh who founded eat for the earth beth love tastes like love to us that's her recipe books tastes like I love mm -hmm. mm. yep it's eating sunshine and good for you high octane fuel that leaves you feeling up instead of down. I've actually sat at dinners, chef dinners, where they've eaten meals that are loaded with cholesterol, one course after another. And you can look at them and they kind of look groggy, like they're kind of, you know, settling back a little too much. And uh, boy, when you're on plant-based foods, watch out, right? Because uh, you're going to go the distance. You'll outlive your friends that are indulging in all that cholesterol. So, um, and out, outwork them and outplay them, you know, yeah. it's yeah. interesting how the energy level never seems to be depleted unless, you know, unless it is, unless our body's asking us to just rejuvenate, just some yoga, have a silent, quiet day, maybe a bit of fasting to let our digestive system catch up. I love ju green juice fasting. So let's talk a little bit about your upcoming book. Is it called Black Belt in Tofu? Yes, it's called Black Belt and Tofu, today's plant-based, protein-rich alternative to meat, seafood, eggs, and dairy. And it's divided up into sections. So you get a red belt in meat, and you get a turquoise belt in seafood, and you get a yellow belt in eggs, and you get a blue belt in dairy. And the last section is about culinary games and competitions, all the fun things you can do from holiday cookie bake-a-thons to a pizza party, to an Oktoberfest, to a cake cutting ceremony, to a fashion show and food fair or a film screening. So it gives you ideas for things you can do to engage your community and maybe win a Guinness Book of World Records. Maybe somebody wants to outdo my 16 foot vegan sub sandwich and show me what they got, right? So, and then the beginning of the book, the lead up is a whole section on how it's made with resources to myth busters, you know, so you can feel confident about soy's nutritional value and place in the world and information about how it's used today, mostly to feed animals. Then there's a section about tofu, how it's made step-by-step step, using the same techniques 
handed down from almost 2,000 years of tofu production in Asia. Um, I had a very good fortune of working at San Diego Soy Dairy, representing their product for a couple of years. And I have photos of myself, you know, up to my elbows in blocks, 10 pounds slabs of tofu. And I call that the new prime rib is a 10 pound slab of tofu, right? Um, and just so I, you know, you learn how it's made, you learn how to shop for the different types, because unfortunately, a lot of the tofu that's available today is that water packed tofu that really needs to be pressed and it never gets firm, firm, like some of the Japanese tofus that are curdled with the minerals from sea salt. And um, I call it the drop test. You drop that block of that tofu, it'll bounce. But if you drop a block of the traditional, it splatters. So you can almost press out um, nine ounces of water from a 16 ounce block of calcium sulfate tofu. And this is part of the lesson learned in the book um, where the nigari tofu is uh, very firm and doesn't require pressing. It's higher in protein because it's more soy milk by weight. It's 16 ounces of solid soy, where some of these tofus that we get at Costco and Walmart and all that, the really cheaper ones, you press nine ounces of water out of it before it really turns into a denser tofu that you can um, sink your teeth into like a, you know, like I made some vegan ribs out of tofu just over the 4th of July holiday with the uh, Tracy Child's barbecue sauce recipe from America Goes Vegan. And I roasted that pressed tofu. It was cut like ribs and covered it then with the barbecue sauce and finished baking it in the oven. And it was so delicious. You could eat them hot or cold. So it's one of nature's perfect foods. Imagine that all the, you know, nutrients, amino acids and everything that you need. No wonder why we feed it to animals, right? We're feeding it to animals to convert that energy into milk and meat when we can just grow the soy and turn it into milk and meat. And I'll show you how a bunch of different ways until we've got a black belt and tofu, bam, every category, you can cover it all. It's fun. Super Amazing. fun. I'm, I'm feeling that the grandmothers are going to be involved in helping farmers transition into organic soy. I know that's one of the larger movements right now. A lot of farmers are wanting to transition because the soy demand has really gone up yes. into tofu and, and soy, but organic. A lot of people have yeah. stayed away from it because it's predominantly genetically modified, but that's changing. And we, we do need to support the organic farmers and veganic farmers, the upcoming veganic movement, uh, regeneration. Yeah, because regeneration is an animal regeneration. It's, it's beneficial microbes and living soil, which yes. we get from no longer spraying it till there's no life left, right? So yes. that's what we're eating from. We wanna, we wanna make that our lands rich bring our soil back to living soil and grow, grow this tofu. And mm, I dream of that. I dream of the day when we can see the land being used for healthy purposes. You know, it takes about eight years to get a date palm to start producing dates or a nut tree to start bearing nuts. 
So we need to start planting those trees and helping farmers and really load up on those foods. Subsidize. We need, we need our good foods subsidized, right? Not the dairy and the meat anymore. We need help getting, you know, the soy organic and more alternative foods and sweeteners in place so we can meet the demand when and have the supply but i think we're going to probably be going through some growing pains along the way here you know and um hopefully we'll change fast but hopefully yes let's help the farmers that is so important so important shape the earth into the vision that we see for the future that's just what we're going to do well that's it you know yeah. So it is. That's how we do it. And so it is. And so it is. Yes. So where do you see yourself in your future tofu business where you're actually helping develop in your own company? I see it. Liz and the grandmothers starting a, a tofu company where they're actually providing the best quality tofu for the most amazing culinary cuisine that has ever oh. been. Do you know, I have some contact numbers where I was thinking um, I'm getting my book put together so that I can send promo pieces to maybe tofu manufacturers, the machine manufacturers, and talk about helping people to get tofu businesses started maybe somehow. Um, but yes, I think it's a wonderful idea. San Diego Soy Dairy is sitting here in El Cajon here in San Diego. And it's looking for an investor right now. Oh, if I had the millions of dollars, I would swoop down and get that thing going. Because guess what? Every city needs a soy dairy. Every city needs a soy dairy. If we're going to have soy milk in our schools, you know, mm -hmm. it's time for soy milk in the schools, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, the milk story. Oh, I've got it. Oh, here's what I see, and though. I'm not that cheese is good. That really uh -huh. is fresh and yes, and yes, yes. Yeah, you need to get student focus groups together to come together and taste test and find a product that they can vote on and agree on instead of hiding it from them and making it really inaccessible as it is in today's world. But um, I have, I I just finished up studying digital media. And I have several works that I've been working on over the last few years. I have the Black Belt and Tofu Project, and I really do want to exercise every bit of opportunity to encourage chefs and people that are interested in investing in a worthy business to get out there and get a soy dairy going. Um, I'll do whatever it takes. I would love to help promote that. Then I have behind that some other works that I've been working on. I have, I have a degree in Spanish, yo hablo espanol. And I have some bilingual recipes that I would like to present in 2025 because Dia de los Muertos will be on a Friday and Saturday that year and I have a whole collection of recipes that I've done that are um, Mexican recipes and and I know this is a little far out and it's not a whole food plant-based thing but um, I have experience as a sugar skull artist and I do it just for storytelling 
So um, I, I have, I want to do an altar for the animals. It's going to be vegan Dia de los Muertos, an altar for the animals, this recipe collection. I also have another book coming out that I've got half finished that may be coming up before the Dia de los Muertos book. It's called School Milk, How It's Made. I went to a book arts class and I learned how to do all these beautiful book covers. If anybody wants to take a little on class with me let's do a book cover demo and I'll teach people how to make their own local community recipe booklets where you can compile your recipes and maybe turn them into a fundraiser for your school or your community um, and do it with an artistic twist but I learned how to take paper long paper and make an accordion fold type of book so that it has a timeline on it. Okay, so it's two-sided. And on one side, it's school milk, how it's made. And it's the timeline of how cow's milk is made, the straight up real story about how cow's milk is made and then turned into milk and meat and cheese and everything. And then you flip it over and it's the timeline of how soy milk is made because you have two choices at school, right? My, I envision turning this thing into an exhibition. Um, where you walk down, and this all started when I was having an email conversation with my grandson's school principal about their school milk, and I said, hey, I have a great idea for your students. Why don't you do an exhibition up and down the hallway, put cow's milk on one side and soy milk on the other side, and at the end of the exhibition, you can offer free milk sa samples and get their milk mustache photo taken with their <laughs> choice of milk and some free vegan cookies to go with it. She didn't want to hear it at all. And she was horrified by the pictures I sent her of how cow's milk is made, right? And I told her to go watch the dairy is scary video. Um, but anyway, it could be done, you know, how about slipping one of those books to circulate around campus a little bit and showing kids the truth about um, milk and how it's made. You have two choices at school. So let's learn about where they come from and do a little compare and contrast. And then you can decide. But right now, children are not given a choice because it's not made available and it's kind of hidden. So, um, and milk has been king for so long that I couldn't even believe it when I found out that the dairy industry distributes the soy milk in our school and they quadruple the price of it. So soy milk costs four times as much as cow's milk and the school food service people don't want to pay for it. So they don't want to encourage it and they hide it from kids and you've got to really work hard to find out about it. So we need to change that. We need to pass it around and let kids know that, hey, do you know how cow's milk is made? They can't answer it. No one can. What is step number one? They're like, I don't have any idea. How could you be eating it your whole life long and not know now? You know, it's time to figure that out and change that a little bit. So we're not unconscious. We got to, it's unconscious eating, right? Isn't it? Yes, and you're bringing the message through with love. You know, the grandmothers, they come together with their fierce love for their grandchildren. So it's not a, it's not a path of judgment or um, pushing something that is yeah. agenda for the elite. This is for human and earth and animal liberation. The grandmothers have this fierce love for their children to say, you know what? We're gonna fight for your planet. We're gonna fight for your health. And we're going to fight with love. And that's, that's what you're doing. I, I feel that from your energy, that contagious smile. And thank you so much for your work, Liz. And let's, 
end with one question. So in so many of the circles, you know, soy is considered a great food, but so many people have stayed away from it for various reasons. You know, it's gotten a bad rap. And I think we know that genetically modified food digests very differently in our system and non-organic and, you know, conventional conventional food. I mean, one serving a glyphosate, the research is that when it hits the colon lining, it can create leaky gut in 12 to 15 minutes. So it's very different. And you are revising the gift of soy, organic soy, and mm -hmm. soy that's even um, processed really well to a place where it's high mineral, you know, high in minerals, high in iodine. It sounds like, and and maybe one day we'll be making our own as the grandmothers. So, tell me a little bit as we end on where you get such deep passion in focusing specifically on tofu and soy and revitalizing that in our world as as you know a, a perfect food as you as you call it yes well you know they've been making it and eating it for 2000 years in asia and i really can't tell you how or why but it was the san diego soy dairy tofu i think i first tried my first tofu when i was 19 years old at ocean beach people's food co-op and I loved it. Even when I was a meat eater, I could eat raw tofu over the kitchen sink and I just loved it. So I do weird things with it. I would get a little extra protein and put some peanut butter on a chunk of tofu and I'd be good to go for the afternoon, you know. Um, but I just discovered how versatile it was. And what happened was I was buying San Diego soy dairy tofu and I looked at the label and I said, I could, I'd like to call and find out if I could bring a group of people in here and do a tour and find out how it's made. So I called them and they invited us in and we got a group together and the owner gave us the full tofu tour. And I was fascinated and just loved the product. It's so protein rich um, that I ended up contacting them again and again for additional tours and then said, hey, maybe I could help you. And I worked with them for a couple of years to get some projects started and products into new stores and you know, um, I would love to see the grandmothers really think about how we can help our communities get soy dairies, because this is going to be really helpful. It, Like I said, it's kind of the low-hanging fruit. It's an artistic food. It's the chef's blank canvas. It's, it's a complete nutrition. We don't want the glycogen what is the glycophate or glycophate or whatever it's called, right? Glycophate. Um, organic, of course, we deserve organic and we can do that. You know, we have the area already set to grow or, you know, soybeans. We just need to work on whatever it takes to find a solution. Um, and this next generation, mm, they we left them some big problems to solve, didn't we? So unfortunately, yeah, we need to figure out a solution to cleaner soils and um, how we can make it right. But we're close, you know, we're close. We've got some work to do. And I can't wait to have a campaign with you. Yes. I can't well, wait. The campaign we're working towards is a vegan world by 2026, at least half the population, so that we can turn things around 
quickly, the quickest way. And thank you, Liz, for your gorgeous smile and energy, love, because you draw people in with your love. I mean, who wouldn't want to be like you? Who wouldn't want to be spreading such a joyful message and uh, feeling so much hope and inspiration? So thank you so much for being here. And I just would like our listeners and our viewers to know that Liz is going to share some amazing tips on the Million Vegan Grandmothers YouTube channel on soy and soy milk and other amazing cuisine and easy to do ways of making things taste really great. So stay tuned for that. Hopefully in the next month, we're going to see some new recipes up there from Liz. So Thank you very much, everyone, for today. Namaste. Namaste to you.